Welcome back to Focus. I'm Ron Sisko. Today, I'd like to talk about medicine. I guess it's kind of a strange concept. Um, generally speaking, we look at medicine as this, this chemical thing, but medicine in general is, is a course, isn't it? It's not, it's not just something chemical. It's not just Tylenol. It's not just ibuprofen. It's not just antibiotics. It's a wide range of things, a combination of things that all lead up to a very specific solution. Strangely, that solution is unique to you. You can have the same condition as someone else, go to the doctor and end up with two different courses of medicines. Sometimes maybe you're allergic to penicillin or you've had too much amoxicillin in your past and they don't want you to become resistant to it or there's some reason that you can't take either of those, you're allergic to them, or whatever the factors are, the, the, the reason that doctors have to take your prescription history into account is because you are different from other people. The general concept is the same. If you have an infection, you will probably take antibiotics. Other problems are treated with steroids. There are a bevy of medications meant to help with mental imbalances, chemical imbalances. There's definitely a lot. There are so many things you, you could be exposed to. And if you're not careful about what you're exposed to, taking a steroid when you have an infection can kill you. Taking antibiotics when you, when you have a, a, a compromised immune system can kill you. It's important to know What's going on in your system, what, what your history is like, which is why it's strange to me that people are so ready to hand out advice. And I, I know that comes from a perspective uh, that, that you grew up with. This is, I mean, literally that you grew up with. This is, this is your life. This is how you've lived your life. And this is what works for you. And that makes sense. It makes sense when that's the perspective you're limited to. If you're not seeing beyond that perspective, it's very easy to know exactly what someone needs. I guess I want to drive that point home. It's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Uh, I'm, I'm starting a travel blog. And just something about random thoughts I have while traveling. It's something I want to make a more concerted, concerted effort to do. I want to, I want to travel more. I want to be present more. I want to be out and, and understanding the way of life that people have. I just came back from Iceland recently and the UK, but, but mostly like my experience in Iceland was so different. Like when we went to London, it was basically New York City with people who talk funny. When we went to Ireland, it was, well, when we were in Dublin and Belfast, it was, it was really the same thing, just people talked funnier. When we were in Glasgow, everybody was slower in their, um, their pace than Dublin and Belfast were, but it just wasn't as big a city. So it makes sense that there's an environmental influence in all of those things. Iceland, on the other hand, has such an interesting history, and it directly influences the people and how they live their lives. That's something that, that it's not just an influence from the culture. 
one of the biggest culture shock moments we had was before Iceland ever even came into my view. We were in uh, the uh, Glasgow International Airport headed toward Iceland. And they didn't begin boarding the plane until 20 minutes after we were supposed to take off. Personally, I was outraged by that. I feel like if you're going to run a business, that the least you can do is run your plane at the right time. My wife has a history with airlines, so she knows how to look up certain things. The first thing she did was take a look at the flight history for Iceland Air. Now they report an almost consistent on-time flight basis. However, each and every single flight that they ran from Glasgow to Iceland, uh, Reykjavik, was late by 40 minutes or more. That is a consistent thing for them. What we didn't know was that Iceland, just as a culture, they live in their own time. It gets done when it gets done. No one is in a rush. In Reykjavik, there are fewer people than most small capitals in the United States. And I mean like Boise. I'm not kidding about that. The actual population of Reykjavik is smaller than the population of Boise. The entirety of the country in Iceland would very comfortably fit in Minneapolis. Maybe they wouldn't be happy with being stuck in a size that small, but, but that's how many people are there, spread out across this island nation. And this is an island nation with a very rich history. They have almost not evolved their language at all. If you can read Icelandic, if you can speak Icelandic, you could have communicated with the Vikings a thousand years ago, which is just incredible. It's absolutely incredible. It's not something that we've seen. We can't even speak to the people 30 years behind us without them looking at us like we're crazy. There are other things that influence their culture directly. Number one, they have almost no natural resources. So much of their food has to be imported. Fish is obviously the biggest uh, difference there. But trees, they don't, they don't even really have trees. You can't cut down trees in Iceland because the Vikings cut all of the trees down. They've been racing for the last hundred years or so to attempt to regrow any trees at all. But their land is so barren. It's a beautiful country, but it's very flat. And a lot of it is submerged in um, ice anyway. There's, there's a glacier tour you can take care of. Nothing we encountered opened on time. The people were not very friendly directly, even from a customer service standpoint, where in the United States we're driven by poverty. Iceland, even with tourism, they're just, it's just a job. We went to a restaurant, we had dinner, and the food was nice, but it took us a full two and a half hours to eat. This wasn't a busy restaurant, it was half empty. They just never came back. We had to go to the bar to ask to pay, which blew my mind. In the US, we're so afraid of people walking out on the check. If you don't have the check in 45 minutes, they might walk out on you. You know, there's, there's a whole difference that's cultural, that, that influence really comes from different places and different things in their culture. Would you be able to run a more successful business in Iceland were you to take American values and, and place them in Iceland to, to really emphasize customer service and 
and and being prompt and and uh, I, I don't think so. I don't think it has a place there. They they had something like that, and then their economy collapsed because their banks decided that they weren't going to pay the interest rates anymore. Like it's, it's not something they like to talk about either. That finances in general is is kind of a taboo just just because so many people had lost so much, and now you have an entire nation of people who are pretty much across the board middle class. And despite the fact that they have a democratic socialism situation there, uh, their government is so corrupt. And it's not corrupt in the way that, that you and I are, are used to with scandals involving war or death. It's basically just business deals. Okay, maybe not too far away from what you're used to. So much of what we do and what we say and how we feel are determined by two factors. It's nature versus nurture. You have an environmental situation where being born in an area creates a certain set of circumstances just for you. There are all kinds of cultural taboos that we navigate on a daily basis. Some of us are afraid to go out at night. Some of us are afraid to go out in the daytime. Some of us are afraid to speak up and some of us are afraid not to speak up. And each of those situations really seems to be completely segmented to certain portions of the population. How many people have you ever met said, oh, well, you know, we kiss each other on the cheek. We're Italian. Oh, we're from New York, so we do this. We're from Pennsylvania, so this is what we do. All of those things create these little cultural things. And to me, on the subject, to kind of trail it back to where we talk about in medicine, the solution to any of these people's problems, family problems, social problems, psychological problems, they're not as simple as what worked for you. I think it becomes more prevalent now because we've spent so much time on the internet and now we've got this unfiltered place where behind this veil of anonymity, uh, where you might still have a name, it, it generally speaking, you still feel that you're free to express your opinion. And sometimes your opinion goes further than just what you would do in the situation. So much of the opinions expressed on Instagram or Facebook aren't, this is what worked for me. They are, you should do this. This is how you should live your life. This is why your children are bad. This is why you're a bad parent. This is why you can't shoot straight. This is why you're slow. There's, there's all, these, all these commandments coming down from people who think that they, they know better because they've made a mild improvement on themselves by changing something. And that's great for them, but it doesn't necessarily apply to you. That same New York Italian family that's having family problems is best suited confronting those because that's what's expected than maybe a small farm family out in the middle of Wisconsin who's not really prepared for that kind of direct conflict. The metaphor doesn't go just as far as life advice. One of the things that I experienced relates directly to another project that I'm starting up. Um, I'm, I'm starting up a, uh, I guess, a YouTube vlog series. Uh, I'm, I'm going to become a competition shooter, and I'd like to kind of trace that path and see where I go. Not tell you how to do things, tell you how I'm doing things, and, and tell you how things are going. And definitely I expect people to tell me that I need to do certain things. And that I'm fat. And that I'm out of shape. And that, you know, I've got the wrong equipment. And that I would do better with, with something else. That's my expectation. My expectation for me is just to present information to you. 
this is how I'm handling these things. These are the things that I've tried. These are the things that I'm willing to try. And this is what hasn't worked for me in the past. But to to relate directly back to medicine as an ideal, I went shooting two separate Saturdays with two different friends. Uh, One of my friends who's close by here, his name is Tyler. Uh, Tyler is, um, we've gone shooting before. We had, uh, we had fun. We didn't, we were just kind of plinking around, making some, some changes, but, but nothing big. We were just, you know, having fun. This time it was a little bit more serious. We, you know, we came into the, the range to, to really put down work. I was there to improve myself with the techniques that I've thought up. One of the things that, that you should do in any professional field is continue to study what other people do. What is the measure of success? Why is one person successful beyond you? And I think the most interesting portion of this metaphor is hand size and then body weight and then physical stature and what you're capable of. I have a shoulder injury, so I can't put my shoulder in certain places. It just doesn't work for me. So I kind of have to modify my grip a little bit. It's painful but it allows me to support the weight of what I'm trying to do. Tyler doesn't have those problems, but Tyler has smaller hands and Tyler weighs a hundred pounds less than I do. Maybe more than a hundred, probably 150 pounds less than I do. Tyler doesn't have, however, 15,000 rounds of experience through various guns. So I have more experience. Tyler steps up to the firing line and he loads my, I have an Hudson H9, which is, A terrible pistol to buy, but such a fun one to own. If you can find it for as much as I... Well, you know what? Let's skip that for another day. Um, Tyler steps up to the firing line, loads a magazine, inserts the magazine into the magwell, racks a slide, and takes his first shot. And the first shot is... I wouldn't say... You know, it's about what you expect someone who doesn't have a lot of experience shooting pistols to look like. And I'm not saying that as a negative thing. It's just where you start because you don't understand the mechanics of holding a pistol down. We watch all these movies where these movie stars fire the pistol and the pistol doesn't recoil at all. The slide moves back. It's just a little airsoft thing that they've got going on. The blank firing guns, they don't, have, they don't generate any real recoil because there's no projectile leaving the barrel. The physics aren't there. But one of the things that I've started to learn is that if you take a high-speed video, and now that we can do that, that's insane, by the way, that we can take a high-speed video of how someone is shooting. I have a a phone, and I'm not going to advertise the phone because they're not paying me for it, but I have a phone that allows me to set uh, a pace for, like, a place. So it's not even just that you know like you create a little box and it waits for movement in the box you can you can determine what's going to happen next and this is great for animals because animals are cyclical in nature and guess what humans are too but it doesn't always react to movement if there's a predicted motion there so there's there's kind of like a pattern it won't react to that either it's so incredibly intelligent and i can watch tyler fire a weapon in slow motion at a thousand frames per second for 0.4 seconds. And I can understand what's going on with this trigger pull, and I can understand what's going on with his grip, and I can understand what's going on with the barrel. Is he dipping it just before he pulls the trigger? Is he recoiling? Is he wincing from the explosion, or is he wincing from the anticipation of the explosion? There's a, those are all important factors that I now have access to. That 0.4 seconds in the, at the tip of my fingers, I can look at that frame by frame and understand what's going on. Thanks to 
that experience. I can adjust Tyler's hands and tell him, this is where you're lacking your grip. This is where you need to put pressure because there's places on a, on a weapon that you need to put pressure in order to keep it from, from recoiling and, and, and creating that you know, big movement. And even though Tyler's not a big person, adjusting those things for him, making sure that the grip worked for him, a grip that would not work for me because I have very large hands, he was immediately able to reco uh, change his, uh, his recoil to, to a place that I would expect to be. I mean, I've taken videos of myself and, you know, it's hard to evaluate yourself. You really need a third person to do that. But it looked good. It looked, it looked in control. Jade was the second person I took shooting the week after. She'd never been shooting before. It was something that she's always wanted to do. Talking about that in the past tense is if she's dead, she's fine. She's fine. Um, but the first thing we did was start her off with a 22, which is not a thing that I got to start off with. Uh, my first firearm was a 5.56. Five, um, we, we, we tried the first one out and it didn't work for her. The grip on that weapon did not work for her. Her hands are so small and so devoid of muscle or fat. And she's such a small person that the grip would dig into her finger. Every time she pulled the trigger, the, uh, the backside of the magazine release was digging into her finger and it was causing pain. We went and found a different 22 at the range that, that we were at, um, which is one that I definitely recommend you go to in Burnsville, the Modern Sportsman, if you're interested. They're not paying me to say that, but I think the place is great. Um, but if you, if you pay for a range rental fee and if you buy the ammo from them, they will rent you any of those, um, pistols in that, in that caliber for free. Well, not for free, but for that one fee, which makes it a great place to start someone, which is why I brought Jade there. So we switched to a different pistol. We went from the Smith and Wesson MP 22 to a, um, uh, Ruger Mark IV 2245. She was very comfortable with that. She was absurdly good with that as soon as we modified her grip so that she could control the pistol because even with a 22 if you don't know what you're doing you can still end up flipping the barrel everywhere she modified her grip and she was putting all of those rounds in the same hole it's a different experience from tyler tyler was learning kind of practical shooting focusing more on the technique than on the results which is how i like to shoot that's how i like to practice to me putting all of the rounds in the same hole doesn't make sense because I want to shoot in practical terms, which is USPSA, IPSC, those, those kinds of matches. That's what I work on. Jade would be an incredible marksman. She began after she got comfortable with that 22, after we modified her, after her grip, after we took a couple of slow motion videos, she was able to put five rounds in a row in the same hole, just through technique, pure technique. She wasn't worried about going fast. She wasn't worried about controlling recoil. She was taking shot, 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 shot. And all five rounds ripped the same hole. I was so proud. But here you go. That's three different people. Three completely different use cases. Three different solutions. Three different medicines. I know that this podcast ran a little bit faster. I was definitely speaking faster than I would normally. And outside of being a, pod, uh, a subject that I'm more, more passionate about, I had a lot I wanted to say. The main goal here is, is the understanding that what works for you isn't necessarily what's good for everyone else. And advice that you receive from someone else isn't always good for you. 
sometimes we grow up because of an influence, environmental, parental, social, peer. Sometimes we grow up in spite of it. By nature, what defines you cannot define another person. Despite your same interests, despite the same path, you'll end up two completely different people. And there's a reason that there's no formula to success. There's a reason that some people are driven by success and some people are driven by failure. There's a reason that some of us will bleed for performance, for an extra edge, for a tenth of a second, for, for a, a smaller group, for a, a tastier steak, for whatever it is, for a better business, for academic performance. And there's some of us that don't see that as important. There are some of us who cannot live without sacrificing everything for a goal. Everything. And you can look back at that and say, it wasn't worth it. But what does that mean? Throughout history, people have made personal sacrifice a very interesting mark on the general greater good. Rather than giving up and, and just seeking out for themselves what would have been best. They made sure that the improvements that they made would affect all of us. And that's how they wanted to live. That's how they wanted to sacrifice. And that doesn't have to be for you. That might not be for you. It probably isn't for you. For most of us, it's not. But in the same way, they wouldn't... You wouldn't accept advice from them if they said, you need to abandon everything in your life and do what you're passionate about because you might, you might not be passionate about it. You shouldn't tell them not to. My goal here is pretty simple. I hope that the next time you give advice, especially if it's unsolicited, you consider the other person's position. You remember that they're different from you, that they have a different set of circumstances, that they grew up different. And you hold your tongue for just a second. And you remember the prescription is different for everyone. Focus is a Patreon-supported podcast, and I want to thank you so much for listening again. I know that I say that every week, and I, I really mean it. This is one of those passion projects here. I get, to, I get to watch my numbers week to week, and I don't define myself by the performance of those numbers. But what I do like is that this thing that I do is still being consumed by people who maybe just like someone talking about nothing. And some of you have had opinions that you wanted to, to talk about, which is great. That's, that's wonderful. Just the same without my Patreon supporters that there'd be no way to, to keep this lights on beyond <laughs> the lights on the lights on beyond the first uh, year of this. I, I pretty much just paid for the year up front. And then, uh, you know, it's the hosting and all that still costs money. So I want to thank um, Anastasia Baberhausen, Vigilante, the White Prince and Enrique Ramos for their continued support and ensuring that I'll be able to do this for the next year coming. There'll be some changes to the format in the next month and a half or so. I'll tell you all about it. But in the meantime, again, we're launching a couple of blogs, a couple of YouTube projects. Those are all being, will all be centered, centralized, I can't speak, centralized on the website. So it's kind of a multi-purpose cycle there. Everything will hopefully feed itself. 
if you have any anything you want to add to this conversation or anything you disagree with, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on the website, focusbycisco, S-I-S-K-O dot com. You can email me at ron at focusbycisco.com. I would like to say Twitter, but honestly, I, I don't, don't use it, so I'm going to have to stop saying it. Um, but you can find me. You can, you can talk to me. We can talk. We can, we can have a conversation. Or you can respond to me and send me a message saying, hey, I've got this video or podcast where I, I talked about the thing that you talked about, and I would like to respectfully agree or disagree or you're an idiot or whatever. It's fine. Just the same. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you again for listening. I'll see you when the plot requires it. Until next time, be excellent to each other.